And Angel farts, fights his... <laughs> Angel farts all over. That's a different show. Farty, farty, farty. <laughs> I'll just start over. <clears throat> Hello, gentle listeners. Welcome to the Diogenes Club podcast of Buffy's Slayer of the Vampires. There are spoilers ahead and swears ahead, so if those aren't your thing, please turn off the podcast. This time, we will be discussing Buffy Season 1, Episode 11, Out of Mind, Out of Sight, wherein we all lament that our high school experience did not result in our becoming invisible assassins. Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I was an invisible assassin. <laughs> I am Jen, and with me as always is Assassin Snard. Hello. It's actually Michelle. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Anything we want to talk about in this episode before we get going? Oh, I don't think so. Was there? I don't think so. We're still trying to figure out the red, gentle listeners. Yes, we're yes. Still... <laughs> so we're still watching for the red in case anybody hasn't gotten back to us yet. Yes. Um, we have some new theories. Yes. Uh, that we will discuss as we get there. And we might be full um, of crap as usual. Or we might we be right. We have no idea. Usual. We are so not full of crap. <laughs> we are very well researched. We're full of all the crap. But some of it makes sense. <laughs> Everybody's all full of crap. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. It's all about how you argue the crap. <laughs> we, as you know, gentle listeners, we are recording slightly ahead and we are just barely post-election. <sighs> So moving on. <laughs> the recap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here's our episode. Uh, we begin at school. Cordelia is talking fashion with new boyfriend Mitch and Harmony. Yay, Hi. it's Harmony. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of fashion, she oh and Harmony are like... Matched. It's not the same fabric, but it could be. <laughs> it could be. All the way down to Harmony's awesome shoes. Yeah. Those are I awesome shoes, too. Yeah, I love those awesome shoes. shoes. I don't even know how they found this exact color everywhere. Maybe it was kind of like a couple of years ago, everywhere you looked was teal. Maybe. Like there was this very specific shade of teal that you could find everywhere from like Neiman Marcus down to Target. Yeah. So they got this blue and they just made all the outfits out of it. <laughs> yeah. They're just like, yeah, it's a good blue. I don't know. But this blue, it's very similar to the, the Wooby blanket. It is. Blue. The, uh, the comfort blanket of Buffy. It is. Yeah. Perhaps it's because what, it's what Buffy wants. Yes. Oh. Hmm. Hmm. Yes. What a yeah, girl but, wants. But I, I so want Harmony shoes. I can't even stand <laughs> it. I love those shoes. Anyone knows where we can get some of those? Yeah. Send us a link. Maybe a little bit of a different color. Maybe something yeah. like that. But really super cool shoes. Yeah, Harmony. Those are well awesome. Done. I do. I love the 90s fashion in this show. <laughs> I, I miss the 90s fashion so bad. Yeah. So um, <laughs> Mitch, um, he thinks that... Cordelia has blue eyes and she calls them out. <laughs> <laughs> They're hazel Helen Keller, which should be offensive, but it isn't. Because <laughs> it's Cordy. Cordy doesn't give a shit if yeah. she's offensive or not. She's just like, fuck you yeah, totally. all the time. Yeah. Fuck you. But if Helen Keller was actually there, she would totally take her hand and show everything she needed to do. And, you know, like everywhere she needed to go to the, uh, the history test that she didn't study yeah. for. And the important part is that... Um, Mitch is being an asshole, and he Cordy is. calls him out because yeah. we love Cordy. Look, your girlfriend's right next to you. Look at her fucking eyes. Okay. Yes. Like, I had a roommate for a little while, um, and he told me that whenever he lived with a girlfriend, he would go home, and if there was something different about her, he would go first look in the uh, trash can in the bathroom to see if there's any hair dye. Oh. If there's like a box of hair dye, uh, and then he would start guessing from there if there wasn't. Well, he, just... he didn't know what color her hair was. <laughs> 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 and 
<laughs> she would dye it like green and pink and blue and yeah. So yeah, he just needs to be like, yeah, did you change your hair? Look. I love your hair. Just look. Yeah. yeah just, I yeah. love I love your hair. Or shortcut. You look beautiful today. <laughs> yeah, gosh, you look gorgeous. And what then they will this? tell you what they did. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, thanks. I dyed my hair. Wow, it looks really good. Oh. <laughs> so, tips on a happy life. Yes, exactly. From the Hagenese Club podcast <laughs> to you, the gentle <laughs> listeners. <laughs> oh, and then Buffy. Poor Buffy runs right into them and drops oh. her purse full of stakes and medieval torture devices or She's whatever. She's got a flail in there. <laughs> She's just trying to come out of the closet all over the place. And she's wearing this, like, it's the opposite of Cordage. So she's mm-hmm. wearing, like, the, the white top, as we often see Buffy yep. in. And, like, a pink skirt with little cherries on it. We yep. see cherries again at another vulnerable point in Buffy's life. Her we first do day indeed. of college. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We do indeed. So that's something to track a little bit. Mm-hmm. Is it a virginal quality, perhaps? Yeah. they or is they, that just too literal? They play with literal stuff like that a little bit, that's so true. I am yeah. not surprised. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, it's adorable. It's a cute little Oh, outfit. it is absolutely. Yeah. She looks really cute. Um, so showing that she is both still not a great liar and that she still values approval from the popular <laughs> kids, uh, the latter greatly limits what she can do in the former here. Uh, Buffy tries to explain that the scary implements are for show and tell in history class. Yeah, and show and tell because they're still show and tell in, in history classes. Yeah. Buffy never lie about history class because no. it's, it's already cursed for you. You're not even there. Yeah. And uh, okay. of course, Cordelia uses this to segue right into telling everyone what a freak Buffy is and how she tried to stick Cordy once. <laughs> and shout out to the extra walking to the left side of the oh, screen. She's so good. Because she points out exactly what a freak Buffy is. She just <laughs> stares and Turns, keeps on walking. She turns her body so yeah. she can stare yeah kudos to that extra well yeah. well played good job yeah and buffy uh, looks after them as they leave and she's very sad oh she's feeling left out she is which will be important in a minute <laughs> in class they're learning about the merchant of venice and the teacher miss miller uh, just jumps right into discussing the anger of the outcasts in society so thanks for spelling out our theme miss miller We've already seen Buffy's reaction to being one of those, which is sadness more than anger at this point. So we know there's an angry outcast on the way. Well done, show. Yes. Cordelia. Also, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Very well coordinated with the Scoobies, though. She has no reason to feel yes. outcasted. Yes, indeed. And uh, and as long as we're talking about the Scoobies and their outfits, mm. they're very well coordinated. And Willow's wearing a Scooby-Doo shirt. Yay. It's our first Scooby-Doo, right? <laughs> well, unless you count pulling the mask off of the ugly man. Well, that's true. But this is our first overt Scooby-Doo. Yes, big in-your-face Scooby. It's not the last. There's like a Scooby-Doo lunchbox going on soon. There's a whole bunch of stuff like that going And they are indeed the so. Scoobies. They are the Scoobies. Yes, and uh, Cordelia, in character with what we've seen of her, of her studiousness, has clearly <laughs> done the reading, although her interpretation is delightfully Cordelia. <laughs> she says that Shylock is a bit of a whiner, and uh, he doesn't want justice. Um, it's, it's, in fact, yicky what he wants. <laughs> 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 yes, indeed. Yes. And uh, as with just about everything in this episode, that will be important later with the face cutting. <laughs> yeah, it definitely will. And... <laughs> so, um, to the English major in the room hmm. here, uh, Shylock is typically seen as the opposite of what Cordelia is describing. Yes, I would say yes. At the time, maybe not. But the whole idea of Shylock is you're supposed to empathize with him. Yeah. No. Well, see, I, I, I'm looking at this through my old uh, teenage angst. I haven't really revisited The Merchant of Venice since I studied it mm-hmm. in high school. Um, and so, you know, for me, I was like, yeah. Yeah. You know, I was like rooting for him. Oh, yeah. So I was just making sure that was yep. kind of the common interpretation. He is indeed. He's an underdog. And he says, you know, as Ms. Miller says, you know, if we progress, do we, do we not bleed? And all that kind of yes. stuff. Like, I'm a human, too. Yes, but yeah. Which, which is also immortalized in uh, in the great uh, Next Generation, Star Trek The Next Generation. Oh, yeah. If you prick me, do I not 
Dick. <laughs> Indeed. So, but uh, of course, Cordy, Cordy doesn't gain empathy till later in the episode. So um, she says that Shylock should get over himself because his problems aren't important or certainly aren't as important as Cordy's. <laughs> she got all traumatized because she ran over some girl on a bike. And seriously, people pay attention to Cordelia. She has a lot of projection and setting up her character development to do. Interestingly, Buffy isn't there, but her spirit and her heart are, and they're listening. They are. And Xander's look when she's speaking. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, but it's, there's, is it just me? There's a hint of affection in there as well yes. as the disbelief. Well, like, and, the, and the costuming tells us the same thing because they're, uh, Xander and Willow are both wearing a little bit of Cordy blue. Yeah, they are. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and we've seen Xander and Cordy have just a few hints of each other absolutely. up till now. So we're already projecting the romance. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But she yeah. definitely watches what he's up to. Yeah. <laughs> and he, her, and I, I just love his expressions. It's almost like he can tell he's attracted to her. It's, it's like Spike with Buffy. Yes. Where he's so obsessed with her until all of a sudden he has like his little wet dream about her. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, no. You know? you know, so uh, it, there's a little bit of reflection there, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, clearly, Miss Miller is actually a pretty good teacher. Uh, notice how she almost dies in the episode. <laughs> Probably the only thing that saved her was ignoring Marcy, making her less than a perfect teacher, which is interesting that the. Yeah, the thing that like, almost killed her is also what saved her. That's very true. <laughs> yeah, if she'd mentored Marcy or something, she'd be deadsies. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yes. The dead, yes, dead men and dead onions. Yeah, if you're a good teacher at Sunnydale, just you know, yeah. make sure your will is in order. <laughs> um, she's just about to take what Cordy, all of Cordy, Cordy's observations and turn them into something when the bell rings. And I'm kind of pissed because I, I really wanted to see where I she know, was going I with that. I wanted to know what was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. And then we don't pick it up the next day. I, mean, I know. <laughs> There's a TV show to, like, you know. But so we're, we'll assume to. that she says something stunning about oh, what Cordy yeah. said. And, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention the blackboard. On the right side is written, to every man his little cross till he dies and is forgotten. And that's from Waiting for Godot by Samuel Beckett with one T in Beckett, unfortunately. So maybe Miss Miller isn't that great a teacher. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's also from most of the characters in the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on the left... Uh, it says, if a man wants to be remembered, he best learn to write or do something worth writing about by Russell. I have no idea who that is. Uh, I hmm. looked up the quote and Benjamin Franklin had one that was close, um, which was uh, either write something worth reading or do something worth writing, but nothing by any Russells. Maybe um, someone on the writing staff? That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. And uh, so or maybe a teacher of someone? Of, you know, like like Pixar has the reference to the room number. Yeah, maybe. But everybody it's got to be some kind of in them? reference or something. Yeah, it's got to be. Great quote, though. Yeah, pretty good. I like it. Uh, and so they put these quotes here for a reason, even to the point of making one up. Um, so <laughs> they must be important. Um, also, they weren't really visible until the remaster. So that is more evidence of, of the fantastic attention to detail in the show. And so what, oh, yeah. what do we make of these here? Snar, do we have uh, to the, on the left, we've got a reference to how you should be remembered and or how to go about being remembered. Mm-hmm. And then the contrasting opinion, which is unsurprisingly by Beckett, that there's nothing you can do <laughs> about that because you'll be forgotten anyway, which is a good thing Beckett never went into writing greeting cards. Um, <laughs> I can see how these quotes relate to Marcy, who in relation to the Russell quote, gets attention by writing, look, listen, and learn, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course she has been forgotten to the point of disappearing, which I kind of can't believe Beckett never wrote about. Um, so, I mean, gentle listeners, uh, if any of you are Samuel Beckett experts and can see his influence on Marcy's story or in the show in general, please get in touch. Ooh, that would be fascinating. Yeah. Please do. Absolutely. So, yeah. so I mean, it seems to be, I'm not, I'm not sure. I mean, 
you've got the you'll be forgotten no matter what you do uh-huh. and then you've got the but well, if somebody we, if writes about you an angel we'd be like oh of course well yeah you know? <laughs> because it's why we fight we fight because we fight right no and, matter what um but maybe there's it's an element of because the the you'll be forgotten no matter what that's kind of that element of loneliness right like right buffy's the the one girl in all the world she's the slayer she's special and yet she's completely overlooked by all of her peers but interestingly there are watcher diaries wherein buffy is written about so slayers oh. will always be remembered because they're written about that's very true but in in the everyday boots on the ground life she's being looked over right but I, so maybe it's telling us that in the end buffy will be remembered um, right. And nobody else well, who wasn't, especially for everything that she does. Yeah, no like, kidding. Buffy gets some shit. <laughs> She's done. got like a twenty volume watcher. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and then she awoke. All the slayers made the council kind of irrelevant, and there we have. Oh it. yeah, and, and there she died like fifty five times. Yeah, <laughs> she made like twenty <laughs> new slayers just by dying. Um, <laughs> she she goes on to be in the cast of Supernatural. Is what happens because they die all the time. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so I think so. Maybe that is sort of a. Yeah, so maybe that's sort of like Buffy's final, you know, revenge or whatever. That uh, mm-hmm. Buffy, even though she, actually no, be- okay. So I've got to, I, I, bleh, all my thoughts are all coming together. <laughs> so the show tells us that she will, she actually is noticed uh, mm-hmm. when she gets a class protector award, right? Um, and we also know that she'll be remembered in the Watcher's diaries, right? So pretty much, I think the quotes are telling us that everybody who overlooked Buffy will be forgotten. But Buffy will be remember- remembered, mm. I think. Well, that's interesting. I don't know. Huh. Well, everybody that goes on to L.A. Um, certainly remembers Buffy. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, oh, that's kind of an interesting one. I, I also wonder if there's any kind of foreshadowing for what's coming up next. And Buffy's yes. death at the hands of the master. I think so. Yeah, because... You know, she, said she could very easily be forgotten at that point. She'd just be yet another teen slayer. But she would be remembered through the diaries. She would be, but very vaguely. I mean, it's kind of, I sort of have this picture in my head that, um, uh, you know, like when they used to have animals in movies and they just kind of like get a whole bunch of kitties that all look the same because they know they're all going to die. <laughs> right. I have a feeling that that's kind of how the Slayer thing is. Oh, yeah. You just because, you like, just get another Slayer that kind of, yeah. Yeah, you just, totally. You know. Like the Cruciamentum, like if they make it to 18. The language right. is not when right it's exactly if yeah so and then we still try and kill them off at 18 right <laughs> because like if i kill this one i just get another one that's a, that's a really good point if buffy had stayed dead mm-hmm. in the next episode she would have been just another slayer yeah but because she comes back and continues to come back she is not just another slayer there's also the element of um she i mean she she passes on the the her slayerness of course to kendra and then mm-hmm. kendra passes on to faith um so that's the slayer line that passes yeah. on to them so in a way buffy sort of uh reproduces Ooh, that's and people that's always deep. yes and, and, since she, and she's able to pass on the the line so in that way she will never be forgotten either because all the slayers that have been generated that way yeah and, and then are generated when she when she uh you know unleashes the potentials yeah well, um, she's the first slayer to really live with the reality of other slayers right I mean, as much as she has her blinders onto this but <laughs> as maybe, much as she hates it <laughs> yeah but maybe that's like she's the only slayer who could have seen the idea of, of bringing about the potentials and having multiple slayers in the world because she sees that it can happen yeah so yeah Ooh, there's a lot to this that's juicy that's a juicy little bit right there it is Hmm. Not such a throwaway episode, is it? No. no. We actually Not haven't found are. we haven't found any that are throwaway episodes. Yeah, actually, I mean, we're coming up on a few next season that we're kind of going. Uh, 
on. Yeah, <laughs> but then we found a ton in iRobot Eugene. So yeah, that's who, true. There's probably a lot in there too. Be, yeah, yeah. So interesting. I'll have yeah. to ponder that a little bit, but I I suspect it's uh, foreshadowing because we had foreshadowing of Marcy in the last few mm-hmm. episodes. Um, so I bet this is a little hint forward. Yeah, there's there's um, even more in the next class that we see too. Oh, yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> I haven't heard any of this already. We've yeah, talked we've t- about everything else. I haven't heard any of these. Yeah, so. I, I do keep some stuff back. Yeah, you know, because it's it's more exciting. And, yeah. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, Cordelia meets with Miss Miller after class, getting kudos for doing the reading, and wants to talk about her final paper. Uh, very studious, uh, Cordy. Uh, she needs help getting her contradicting thoughts together, and that's true in a lot of ways, as we can see as the episode moves along. They make an appointment to meet, and Cordelia finds Harmony in the hall and transitions from serious student back to, well, Cordelia. <laughs> <laughs> so we're seeing... Uh, so Cordy is, of course, Buffy's shadow self, but Cordy mm-hmm. has another... She sort of has two halves of Cordy as well, as Buffy has two halves, so does Cordy, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. So Buffy, uh, so Buffy's got you know human half, Slayer half, and Cordelia's got like um, shallow, mean girl half, and then you know and human half, st- student like serious student, kind of, yeah, human, yeah. <laughs> definitely human half, uh, serious student, and actually, as we find out later, kind of nice person. Yeah, yeah, no, that's very true. Well, and it's this is the the episode that defines her as the shadow self. Oh yeah, as well. This is kind of her zeppo in a weird, not not quite. It's like a pre zeppo. Yeah, it's Maybe? we learn a lot about Cordy, and and she starts sort of moving towards in towards Buffy, mm-hmm. um, and towards the Scoobies. Yeah. So, uh, in the locker room of death, uh, Mitch is engaging <laughs> in the kind of talk that guys will actually have in locker rooms. Yes, I told you we're still raw from the we, election. Yeah. Note we, that this conversation, I mean? yeah, this conversation is filled with testosterone and assholery, but <laughs> none of it involves sexually assaulting Cordelia. It's all about consent, people. Yeah, it's well, I know what I want her to give me. Right, if want you know her, what I mean. want her to give me. Yes. Give, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Not, I will take away by force. Yes. <clears throat> So, he hears a girl giggling as he gets dressed. <laughs> <laughs> but no one is there. He reaches for his baseball bat, but then it beats the snot out of him. Okay. But he reaches for his metaphorical phallus yep. and then gets whacked to the gets, face with He gets it. dick smacked yeah. by his own dick. Which yeah. is also what should happen for any locker room talk. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't care. You guys do it. No, it's totally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're totally kidding. Normal no. locker room talk is fantastic. I have engaged in it myself, for I God's have, sake. I, I don't even know. I, yeah. I just There's, right over my head. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with getting a little you know obscene when you're talking with the boys and everything and you know it's but you but never with the sexual assault ever. yeah never all about Always consent about consent yep yes <laughs> and ogling there's a lot of ogling but that's fine too <laughs> <laughs> you can look i mean like the, the show says yeah, you look absolutely. listen learn i i think mm-hmm. you, people can look all they want to i don't <laughs> notice it when it happens but you, you have fun i know i probably shouldn't be talking to any sexual <laughs> about this no, it's okay. <laughs> i mean it's fine it's very educational i appreciate well it. you can admire people for their beauty I can, I can, yes. I, I can, I'm just never enraptured. It's really weird. Yeah. Yeah. That happens. It's okay. <laughs> I understand. I'm more enraptured by people's minds. Well, I am too. I'm like, ooh. Well, okay. I, and I know I, I realized a few seconds ago I sounded like a total pig, but I am too. <laughs> the brain is the sexiest okay. organ. Absolutely. Yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> the, the brains, the brains are not super sexy, then it's just not going to work. Um. That would be called sapiosexuality. Okay. Anyway, yeah. To be a sapiosexual means you are only attracted to intelligence. Well, it's a mixture of 
yeah, intelligence I mean, I mean, and like there, there's always the shades of gray, physical. you know, um, which not that kind of shades of gray, <laughs> dirty, dirty yeah. people, because worse books. <laughs> maybe it's just maybe it's just the asexuality talking. Um, but no, there, so there's also sapiosexual, which hmm. is being turned on by intelligence, oh. almost exclusively, but it can also be added into, um, you know, a selective, probably like kind of attraction. Yeah. Probably like 70, 30, 80, 20, something like that, mm-hmm. as far as intelligence being more important. Oh, I thought you meant your eyes. Just kidding. <laughs> oh, God, no, my eyes are terrible. Are you kidding? <laughs> wow, I would love to have eyes that good. <laughs> like a billion and in, in, in in, in one eye and like a, a squillion and 75 in the other. Speaking of, should we drop in a promo for this week? Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so gentle listeners, I, uh, uh, last week I... I what they got some some glasses at Image Eyes in Salt Lake City, and they are fantastic. And no, we're not getting paid for this ad. Just if you want really funky, cool, awesome glasses and great customer service, go to Image yes. Eyes downtown go in Salt Lake City and mention us, and you'll get a little discount. Really? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's what they said. <laughs> so they're just fantastic downtown. Um, oh gosh, it's about. 222 and Main Street, downtown I think that's exactly Salt Lake it, City. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, just park in the 222 garage. Apparently, they validate. We did not do that. Right. And I uh, ended up going around the block a few times because yeah, but downtown. I mean, it's a. Uh, they're more expensive frames, but they are handmade. They're, oh, they're fantastic. Fanta- they're, they're gorgeous. They're gorgeous. funky. Yeah, yeah, they're super cool. As soon as I I need new glasses, I'm definitely going there. Yeah, my um, I got my my the pair I'm wearing now because I'm waiting for mine to get made and and sent in. Uh, but the pair I got I'm, I'm wearing now, I also got an Image Eyes, and they lasted for seven years. Yeah, and they still look great. You just needed a change. Well, I like it. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. the prescription was bad. Uh, after okay. a certain amount of time, after seven years, it's funny your eyes change. Weird. Yeah, and and, uh, <laughs> and those new looks are coming to an OK Cupid profile near you. <laughs> oh Jesus! No, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> they will if I have any say. Only in if it. you covertly take my picture and post it. Look, I can get rohypnol. I'm just saying. <laughs> I can't get roofied by my sister. That's horrible. <laughs> Better me than anybody. Better me than nobody. <laughs> Did you just chip into the rape culture? <laughs> did you say? Did you just say it's better to get roofied by somebody than nobody? <laughs> this is my best attempt at locker room talk. It's all I've got. This is why asexuals should not do locker room talk. Because <laughs> when we roofied people, we just like dress them in funny hats and put pictures online. You read to them. We read to them. Yes. And you we, put, make sure they have little warm slippers on so their feet don't get cold. We put little like blue aprons on them and put them in front of a blue screen into like a last poor York. You know? <laughs> that reminds me of when I used to work at Kinko's with the blue apron. Oh. <laughs> many moons ago. Many, many moons. Yes, yes. Yeah. Anyway, yes. So go see our friends over at Image Eyes. There will be a link in the show notes. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. Yeah. Uh, Just go in and try shit on. It's awesome. <laughs> so believe it or not, all that stuff leads us to the cold open. That's a massive cold open. Oh my open. god, is it really? Yeah. Well, and we made it even more massive. We did, but yeah. I mean, holy crap! And the cold <laughs> opens. If you like us, you like what we just did anyway. <laughs> yeah, and if we're you don't, worried. then it's probably not yeah, your thing. Yeah, if, if yeah. you don't, uh, yeah, the, the, I mean, there's other places. We're to not going to be offended. Yeah. It's no big deal. There's a Buffy rewatch and uh, Dusted, and you know all the other. Oh yeah, Buffy all kinds podcasts. of stuff. Yep. So. Uh, one thing that's important about cold opens, and we haven't really talked about this a lot, but mm-hmm. it's important. I mean, we'll probably get into it more as the the show moves Matures, along. Matures. Yeah. Um, its way. But the cold opens in Buffy, they tend to lay out what we're going to be dealing with in the episode. And this is a very long and very complex cold open. And it's a pretty complex episode. It really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So Cordelia, <laughs> Cordelia is working the voters, hoping to score the title of May Queen. She doesn't give a chocolate to Buffy, claiming to not need the loony fringe vote. And we told you this was relevant <laughs> to the collection that oh. just happened. Yes. Oh, also continuity. Good job. Prop oh guys. yeah. Um. So back in nightmares, there were spring fling posters everywhere, all over the school, and they even got inverted and turned a little creepy in Xander's. Mm-hmm. You know, with the Nazi signs and everything. Oh, is Spring Fling? Yeah, it, the May Queen is for Spring Fling. Oh, nice. Yeah. That makes sense, because so, May yeah. is in the spring. Uh-huh. Day. <laughs> Obviously, I wasn't very good at going to dances when I was in high school, either. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> 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 no, we're not related. Why? I quit. <laughs> Podcast over. We're out of here. <laughs> so Cordelia does not give a chocolate to Bobby. Well, it's okay. She didn't like chocolate anyway. <laughs> and I do have to point out, loony fringe or not, every vote matters, Cordy. Yeah. <laughs> Just going to let that hang yeah. there for a second. Keep this in mind. Yes. And, uh, and Cordy, of course, is trying to distance herself from Buffy because they're shadow selves and all that kind of stuff. And I imagine from Cordy's perspective, uh, uh, Buffy is like, <laughs> like Cordy's shadow self as well. Like, oh, that girl's oh, so yeah. weird. Ew, I don't love that. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I could have been if I was a weird loner with like <laughs> exactly. crap in my bag. You know, but it's Buffy's show, so we see Cordy as a shadow self. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just wait until Angel, then we get to see a little bit more from Cordy's side. Oh, man. She's so good in that show. She really is. So uh, Xander and Willow ask about Cordelia, and uh, then they do that really rude thing where they tell a story to each other in a way that excludes everyone who is listening. And this is a pet peeve of mine, gentle listeners. This never, is worse ever than do not this. voting. This, this is worse than almost anything. Yes. Just don't. never, ever do this. It's fun to retell a story when it's funny to someone who has never heard it before. So do that instead. Yeah. Always include people who are around. Even if they don't get the joke. Let them know what you're talking. Right. Just explain yeah, to them. Because the look on Buffy's face is exactly how it feels all the time. Oh, yeah. And she feels invisible. Absolutely. And not worth anything. And these anything. people are supposed to be her friends and yeah. her only friends. So that's bullshit. Seriously. This scene does show us, however, that uh, Buffy is somewhat at odds with her heart and spirit, if we want to get all metaphorical. Since uh, Cordelia's popularity and Buffy's realizations about her own lack of it have got her a bit rattled. and well, Especially even... since she once had it. Absolutely. You know, like, not it's one thing to want and to have never had, but something else to have actually been there. And her yeah. friends are saying it's lame. Right. She, so, I mean, she was Cordy for a while. Yeah. They're not even reaching out and saying, oh, that must have been nice. Right. I bet you missed that. They're saying, ew, why? Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah, she's she's so rattled that even her heart and spirit are illustrating how much Buffy wants to belong yeah. just somewhere. She points out that Xander and Willow are being rude asshats, and they <laughs> respond with the, the standard rude and asshatty, oh, you have to be there. And whatever. they go right back into the joke. Yeah, whatever, you guys. I mean, Buffy yeah. at this point is one girl in all the world once again, and she doesn't fit in with Cordy, who would be Buffy's natural peer if she didn't have the whole Slayer thing going on, and she feels excluded from her new group as well. This is further illustrated when Xander says that only morons would want to be made queen, and Buffy points out that she was just that in her old school. Xander says that she doesn't need to be a kind of that kind of, uh, you know, popular and loved and all that kind of thing because she has them and then willow is immediately an asshat again and excludes buffy from the conversation yes ouch this is giving us a little bit of uh, a marcy feel yep absolutely yep it's definitely (laughs) echoed in all of our little um 
What were they? They're not flashbacks. What are those? I guess they are flashbacks yeah. from Marcy's, yeah, Marcy's perspective. Flash, yeah. But yeah, they've got that nice, like, grayed out mm-hmm. monotone, monotone, monochrome. Yeah. Monochrome. Monochrome thing monochrome. going on. Yes. Yeah. And, I, and you know, as Nard mentioned, huge props to Sarah Michelle Geller because you can just see Buffy's stomach drop. Oh, yeah. I know that feeling. It's subtle and it's beautiful. And yeah. And she knows that no matter how close she gets to Willow and Xander, she'll never quite belong with them. And unfortunately, when she does eventually meet some people she could be very close with, she either pushes them away or shit happens to the point where they go away on their own. So I really am sorry, Buffy. Well, and Buffy's missing something that everybody in Sunnydale has. You know, being from a small town, as you and I know, you can't, we call it Small Lake City. Um, yeah. I know people from Perth who call it perth <laughs> Um But you, you can't get away from things like... I mean, for, for all my asexuality, I've made out with a lot of people. Alex and I made out with the same girl, like my boyfriend and I. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like you can't get away from people. One of the guys I work with right now used to date the girl that I replaced in one of my last jobs. Um, so we have the sense of history and place that people are, have witnessed mm-hmm. our lives. And Buffy has nobody who has witnessed all of who she is. Right. Absolutely nobody can say, oh, yeah, I remember that wasn't that great, except maybe her mom and her mom doesn't do it right. Yeah, no, Joyce is off doing whatever Joyce thinks she's doing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So Buffy is so out of place here. She has absolutely nobody helping her hold her old memories together right. and her complete sense of self. Absolutely. And that's not going to get better for her. No. I mean, and part of it is because of her own nature and part of it is just because, I mean, as much as I disagree with Buffy's dislike of being a superhero, this part of it really sucks. Yeah. It does. Well, and, and once people get to know you as a superhero, they really don't want to go back and see you as oh, a prom queen. No, especially, and I got to say, especially Willow and Xander. Yeah. Especially Willow Their and Xander. Their hero worship of her yeah. is never going to be able to see that aspect of no her. No way. No matter how many times she tries to prove it. Yeah, no. <laughs> so uh, before Buffy can break my heart anymore, they find out about Mitch's unfortunate meeting with the levitating baseball bat. <laughs> And you can see Buffy click right into Slayer mode before Snyder, yay, <laughs> announces that. ironic cutaway. <laughs> I love ever. it. He announces that Mitch is, in fact, not dead. <laughs> this is one of the best cuts ever. <laughs> dead? Of course not. There are no st- dead students here this week. <laughs> 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 so the paramedics who could probably drive to Sunnydale High blindfolded or, stu- <laughs> or struck blind by a witch or something, because um, that's much more likely, are wheeling Mitch out on a stretcher. Uh, Buffy asks what happened and Mitch again illustrating that Sunnydale students know on a fundamental level that Buffy is there to help them tells her about the angry floating bat Snyder stops her from conducting her Slayer investigation of the crime scene despite Buffy's protest that she was getting Mitch's comb <laughs> what Giles could have done for her is insisted she took drama right well I'm, well, I'm thinking that, that whatever magical power controls the Slayers could probably think about adding can come up with good excuses to the Slayer powers yeah, because be really Buffy really needs that <laughs> she does <laughs> Poor Cal is like the worst liar I've ever seen. It's very true. I mean, well, but the other Slayers we see aren't that much better. No, no. Uh, Even the potentials. None of the potentials. Oh, are the potentials that good are either. terrible. Yeah, they're awful. There's just something about it. It like goes with that one girl in all the world. You just can't lie. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Just, which I guess works into that metaphor a little bit of like being gay or bi, right. And a Slayer is and, that uh, you can't hide who you are. Absolutely. Yeah. It's well, always because well, poor Buffy, she's always dropping snakes everywhere. I mean, like you mentioned at the very beginning of the episode, boom, just out of the closet, yeah. mace and flail and all this kind of stuff falls out. Yeah, it's very yeah, true. She cannot keep it, and you know, start. <laughs> somebody asks her like. Like, principal ask her how the weather is. It's like vampires. I mean, yeah. asbestos, yeah. not vampires. Totally. Well, it takes me back to a, a dear friend of mine who is now out, 
but growing up, um, you know, every now and then we would tease him as we did everybody and say, oh, you're, you're a little gay. And he'd say, I am so not gay. <laughs> He's better now. He's with a lovely man. Yeah. It's better just to be out with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. Well, she's trying, man. She's trying really hard. <laughs> it's true. But so, yeah, you can't keep your Slayer powers in. No, it's, exactly. They just want to come out. Mm-hmm. And it, it works really well with that metaphor. I think actually. so, too. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll get more into that, that later. But, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the oh, show pretty much, the show just so gets right in your later. face. The show's like, hey, we're in a metaphor here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 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 I mean, uh, yeah, Buffy even had that, that joke about... Um, you know, uh, what was it, becoming a slayer, uh, now ask me how, or whatever it was. Oh, uh, yeah, it's wearing a pin that... Yeah, wearing the says, button uh, that's... Yeah, yeah, the button. Oh, at least I'm not wearing my pin that says, I'm a slayer, ask me how. There you go. Yes! <laughs> I have a memory. Uh, fortunately, Willow and Zender are back in sync with Buffy. They're much better with the uh, Buffy as slayer-related matters than the Buffy as human-related matters, and like we said, this isn't going to change anytime soon. No. They distract Snyder with rumors of Mitch filing a lawsuit, and Buffy is able to go to the, get into the locker Just room of death. Perfect. I mean, talk about finding someone's weakness and poking oh, no. at it. No kidding, right? <laughs> <laughs> Snyder is now fixated on lawsuits, as we'll see later. Buffy finds the blood-covered bat and gives it a little nudge, as you do. She also finds Look painted on the locker doors. Buffy is in full Slayer mode, discussing her findings with Xander, Willow, and Giles. Strangely, is Look painted in red? Yeah. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. First red. That's what I thought. Yeah. I yep. had a little note here, but I, I was questioning yeah, it's like, my color vision. Yeah, it's like red paint kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. So that's it's, the, it's our little symbol of something going on. Yes, it is. Yes. Yeah, so um, oddly enough, <laughs> Giles is in the lunchroom with them. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> Buffy immediately, since her mind is right by her, concludes that this probably isn't a monster, since it left a message. Nailed it. Buffy, well done, Slayer. Giles agrees, much to Buffy's delight. Xander wonders if it's a vampire bat, and I'm a sucker for corny jokes, so I <laughs> chuckle every time. I even like his delivery. He's like, so I'm alone on that. Yeah. And every time I'm like, no, I laugh, Xander. It's yeah. good. Giles is thinking it's either telekinesis, something invisible, or a poltergeist. In the back, you can see Cordelia's extremely professional-looking May Queen <laughs> campaign posters. <laughs> so awesome. I know. She goes all out. Man. Oh, she does. Buffy taking command. And have we seen her give orders before? I thought that was interesting. Hmm, it is interesting. I think we've seen her kind of proto give orders. Yeah, but now she's like, she has Willow yeah, to research dead like... students and, and to cover the poltergeist theory. And then Xander, who, well, he under threat of having to talk to Cordelia, gets teamed up with Giles. <laughs> <laughs> and Buffy will investigate Mitch and see why he was the target. So, yeah, she's like on it. Yeah. She's like, you go well, there, you go there, you go here. It's great because we're arcing her to the place where she needs to be when she says, have a nice time. And everybody yep. does for the dance. Yes. Um, so we're we're putting her more and more in a position of power without anybody seeming to notice that it's happening. Mm-hmm. She's That's just great. She's getting all Slayer. Yeah. Harmony finds Cordelia and learns that she was at the hospital visiting Mitch. And naturally, she's distressed about the damage to his pretty <laughs> face and how you, how that will look in the pictures for the dance. You can't match a corsage <laughs> to a bruises. It just doesn't work. I love that. And the camera work right here is interesting. It's almost like somebody is walking it around is. right there. Yes. Oh, and that's one of my pet peeves. When there's a camera angle that looks like someone's watching you from the bushes, and then there's nobody watching from the bushes. Right. It drives me crazy. And I know. Could you think somebody's watching from the yeah. damn bushes? And the show never does that. Whenever it seems like the camera's moving a little too much or it's from a weird angle, like maybe you're hiding behind something, mm-hmm. somebody's looking through that lens. Yep. And in this case, 
it's mercy. Um, <laughs> Harmony reassures Cordy that they can fix the pictures of airbrushing, which is fine. But then, reaffirming that this was, was Marcy, we see a flashback of Cordy's original opinion about Mitch. And, the, and uh, Marcy, who's having the flashback, says hi. And Cordelia responds just like you'd think. Uh, back in the current time, Buffy asks if she can have a, if she can have a moment, and Cordelia and Harmony Harmony's mocking of her is interrupted by Harmony being shoved right down the stairs. <laughs> Buffy, earning all the nice person points with me that she can, runs down the stairs to help Harmony, who was just bitching at her ten seconds ago. Harmony is pretty sure her ankle's broken. Snyder takes charge by um, reiterating Buffy's questions. <laughs> <laughs> Cordelia thinks that Harmony fell, but Harmony is pretty sure she was pushed, and we, and most definitely Buffy, hear a girl laughing. Harmony is in pain, and Snyder tells her not to sue. <laughs> <laughs> Buffy is on the case and follows the disembodied laughter back to the stairs and through the through a door. And on the door, it says, um, school spirit, Ooh. over and over and over on a little sign. School spirit. She bumps into an invisible someone, but gives up when she can't find anyone and can't convince the invisible someone to talk. Outside the school, why, who are those suited men? Here they, they come, s- the men in black. <laughs> yes, they certainly seem interested in something. It's probably gangs on PCP or something that they're investigating, right? <laughs> With their flashy thingies. Yes. <laughs> Buffy and Giles figure out that it isn't a ghost because it had a said substance and didn't give her a cold feeling. Buffy's got this totally figured out, though. Invisible girl. xander's a bit jealous of this power since the girl's locker room needs protecting and yeah it's a little creepy but nothing outside the bounds of teenage boy behavior i gotta say oh yeah totally because what who didn't play that game in high school what would you do if you were invisible right everyone but me wanted to go in the opposite sex locker room yeah i would have taken candy i was was already in the girl's locker room and it was a horrifying experience (laughs) that's true now i i just would have taken candy from um the the mean secretary's desk because she had the good candy. That was about the best I could come up with. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I could never come up with anything because people don't notice me already. <laughs> oh, Marcy. Just, just the other day, uh, I, you picked me up from mom's house to, to do the podcast and I was standing outside didn't see me either, <laughs> which was <laughs> awesome. You even commented at the time like, oh my God, you are invisible. This is a true story. So yeah, it's a true story. So par- apparently it's my superpower. <laughs> I have nothing else to say. (laughs) I have often joked that I could probably rob a bank and then go around the block and go back in and they'd have no idea. (laughs) Well, I think I got all the recognition power because I can like talk to somebody for five minutes one time and then two years later I run into them like, oh my God, how are you doing? How's that thing? How's the novel you're writing? Like, oh my God, I don't even know who you are. Yeah, I think I prefer my scenario. Yeah. I think part of mine is that I don't look different. Like, I, if you look at pictures of me when I was two, I look like the person that girl would grow into. Like, well, that's true. I am completely consistent. I am I'm more consistent than a Pixar animation. It's weird. Well, good on you. Yeah. yeah. So I, I've got balanced hips, though. Pixar tends to do the big hips. Do they? Yeah. Yeah, they, they tend to have, like, narrow shoulders, big hips. Oh, huh, interesting. I mean, which I appreciate. You know, pear-shaped yeah. people exist. Absolutely. But that's not me. Hmm. Nice. I felt more like a tank. <laughs> <laughs> I will say a, a plus to uh, Xander's, um, you know, creepy wish is that uh, <laughs> the the locker rooms could really use some protecting, they pervy really or not. Could. I mean, like, whether you're a perv or not, yeah. not bad if some you're Some invisible protective pervs would be a major <laughs> right. improvement. Like, like ask on. the girls in the locker room, um, do you mind if somebody looks at you if you don't die? 
No, I don't mind that at all. That's yeah, totally no, fine. Yeah, it's fine. They yeah. just all wear towels in the shower. <laughs> yeah. no, they'd adapt. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and they would not die yeah. in like, the locker room. Like you death. think Harmony doesn't shower with a bikini on already? Oh, I bet it has a unicorn on it. Yeah, it does with sparkles. Unicorn. (laughs) So Willow significantly wonders if it could be a witch. Doing some research on witches, are we, Willow? You're so busted. Could be witches. witches. (laughs) I'm going to try and quote once more with feeling in every episode. I don't think it'll be hard. No, it's really not. (laughs) The show practically does it for me. It's true. (laughs) So Xander uh, suddenly knows a lot about mythology, and they're all surprised, and he points out he's been doing research, and well done, Xander. (laughs) Buffy thinks that this seems kind of petty for a god, and oh, Buffy, you have no idea. (laughs) You will, though. (laughs) Buffy needs a Greek mythology lesson stat. I promise it will come in handy later. She really does. Willow wonders why Harmony was at Target, and Xander comes through again with the Cordelia as common denominator theory. Well done again, Xander. Buffy takes command again and reminds Willow about the list of dead and missing students. Sadly, she overhears Xander asking if Willow would like to come over for dinner that night. Kind of hurts when, uh, you know, kind of hurts a little bit. Yeah, when you're excluded. Although we also get in here a little uh, clue about Xander's home life once again, too. It's true. Yeah, that his mom just always orders takeout. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, we get little crumbs about these folks. Yeah, little tiny, tiny bits. Yeah, so it's interesting that it clearly hurts Buffy not to be invited over for dinner, and I'd like to think that she'd remember that for later, and I think she does, but I'm pretty sure she remembers it in the wrong way, like how to use it as a weapon. You're so bitter. <laughs> she's, she's totally mean to Faith. <laughs> she is. She is. <laughs> Buffy and Giles discuss their plan. He's going to see if he can figure out a way to visibilize an invisible person. And she is going to, well, she's going to stalk Cordelia and see if the invisible girl tries anything. Uh, Giles here unknowingly gives Buffy the key she'll need to defeating Marcy. He tells her that if she's trying to hunt someone invisible, she'll have to work on listening to people. Oh, and the cutting here is so good. It draws so much attention. So much attention to it because we very rarely cut away from someone talking. Mm -hmm. Um, But we cut away from him doing this entire sentence to just a blank hallway where he says that you might have to listen. Yep. And, ah, the illustration is so Oh, good. yeah. I mean, it's like, hi, pay yeah. attention to this part. It's it will be important later. bordering on heavy-handed, but I love it. But in a, it's, yeah, in a very soft kind of way. It is. Well, it's bordering. It doesn't actually go yeah. there. It's just gorgeous. Yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. And that's, you know, later that's exactly what she does. And let's also not forget the active listening exercises from last episode. And she uses this skill a lot. Yeah, she we does. see her use this skill multiple times. It's like this goes into her little Slayer memory bank yeah, her, of like, oh, we can do this. Her little power belt. Yeah, her power belt. <laughs> it's one of her little batterings. Yeah, totally. Slayer rings. <laughs> she just needs to work on her vampire detection skills. <laughs> and so Buffy means business, y'all. Her Slayer gear for tonight's hunting includes brown leather pants. I couldn't find a trope online associated with brown leather, leather pants, but we'll have to keep track of the brown leather pants. Yeah. Um, well, I think I think it's off evil. It's, it's, <laughs> I think maybe it just means business. Yeah. Slayer yeah. means business. Something that like that. I, I don't know yet. Plus we'll find out. Great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She looks great. Oh yeah. Um, uh, it's, uh, so there's an interesting comparison that they lay out for us. Buffy is alone in full Slayer gear watching as Cordelia's friends are dressing her up as the May Queen and Buffy smiles kind of undoubtedly remembering what it feels like to be Cordy with friends and then stop smiling and look sad realizing that she will never be that again and cordelia wearing very similar color scheme to what buffy was wearing in the yep. previous scenes lots of overlap between yeah, these folks with the white on top and the yep. pink on the bottom yep. yeah poor buffy buffy hears a flute hark <laughs> hark 
Giles in the library also hears a flute, and he is unnerved by different sorts of noises, actually. <laughs> his his acting is so good. Just watching his thoughts play across his face mm-hmm. in this is so good. Yep, and thank and, you, Remaster, for showing it to Oh, me. absolutely. And, you know, there are no, no invisible girls, though. It's just Angel <laughs> in one of those fun <laughs> shots that legally must be used if you're making a show with vampires. Giles <laughs> doesn't see anyone with him in his reflection, and he turns and gets all, eek! Because Angel is right there. <laughs> Angel reassures him that he's not hungry. <laughs> and Giles seems to be pretty comfortable with him, considering. He does. Well, this is one of the first times we see them. Is this the first time we see them interact? Yep. Independent of Buffy? Yeah. Yep. And it's great because Giles oh, so instantly cute. addresses him as an equal. Yep, absolutely. Because they're, well, yeah. I mean. They're... I mean, they are, but he's recognizing that because he could mm-hmm. very easily look at Angel and think that he's, you know, 27 and, and a whippersnapper or whatever. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> or whatever those funny nutties think of the kids <laughs> these days. Um. What is the British term for whippersnapper? <laughs> hmm. Uh, we'll have to figure it out. British, British gentle people. listeners, help us out. <laughs> Please. Um, or just British adjacent. Yes. <laughs> whatever it takes. Um, no, I just love watching the two of them interact on such yeah. an equal level. They have great chemistry, those two. They really do. <laughs> it just makes me so sad we, that uh, Giles doesn't Frankenfurter out and just kiss Angel. I know. They, they, yeah, it's so much chemistry that you think they should make out oh, a little yeah. bit. Oh, yeah. Like, there's a moment. Yeah, there, there is. There's a moment. Like, well... Yeah, it'll it'll be there in a second. Yeah. <laughs> so Angel confides in Giles that it's too hard for him to be around Buffy. And Giles is momentarily swept up in the whole star-crossed sun and moon romance. <laughs> Such a romantic Giles. <laughs> it is to be noted that Giles trusts Angel enough at this point to turn his back to him, which is oh, a big deal. Yeah. Good they, point. Yeah, they talk about the master and how Giles is trying to research as much as he can to help uh, to help Buffy in their inevitable battle. Inevitable is in uh, the next episode, actually. Angel is clearly worried as well, and he knows a lot about Slayers and Watchers, I must say. Giles is bummed that there are a few volumes he can't find, like the Tiberius Manifesto and the Per... I don't know how to say it. Pergamum Codex? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you you got both of those, and I was like, eh, it's books. He's looking for books. Close. That's my notes. Closed captions are your friend. <laughs> Angel perks up and offers to get the codex for Giles. And right now, Giles is so odd and delighted. He, this is the moment where he could totally yeah. make out oh, with he Angel. Would totally yeah. kiss Angel. Like if, if Angel had actually pulled it out and said, "Oh, here I brought it for you." Yep. Make out session. Yep, absolutely. Right there. Yep. Yeah. Like goodbye, Buffy. <laughs> Giles is a much better kisser. <laughs> it's all about Angel now. <laughs> oh God, that's terrible. Oh, it'd be it'd be Gangel. Gangel. Gay. <gasps> Gangels. Oh, it's Gangel. oh my god. Oh. I bet there's fanfic out there somewhere. Please for you. write it or send it to us. I want this really badly. <laughs> you're a writer, man. You're, I, you're a writer. You should no, go for I, it. I, I, asexuals shouldn't write this shit. <laughs> well, you don't have to, they don't have to have sex. They can just make out for a yeah, bit. Yeah, I, I, I don't write chemistry well. <laughs> I, I have to try so hard. Like, I can write violence. I can write intrigue. I can write social confusion. <laughs> but sparkly and, chemistry is not so much. Oh, my God. It's like pulling teeth. <laughs> I have to keep handing it to people saying, is this good? And they're like, no, it's good. I'm like, are you sure? Because it seems weird and awkward. Like, and, and this is an aside. I don't understand how sex scenes work. I don't understand where they're supposed to go. I don't know understand how they come about. Like every now and then I'm reading a book and all of a sudden people are having sex and it's very, very confusing. And I don't know if it's because it's me or if it's just confusing or if they just had like they called the author and said, you have to have a sex scene in here to get the book deal. And they're like, fine, here, just, you know, like shove this in between two pages and then that's where it's going to go. 
Um, it's probably a mixture of all those things, depending on how good the writing is. Yeah, possibly. You know. But yeah, I, I don't know how to make that happen organically. It's very strange for me. <laughs> what, unless somebody slips and like, whoops. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, I make it happen. Like, I, don't <laughs> I don't understand calculus very well either, but I manage to do it when I need to, okay? <laughs> Just saying it's a, it's a challenge. So it's, it's an occupational hazard kind of thing. <laughs> it is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So Giles even adorably tells Angel about the invisible girl problem and both admit they're out of their depth. And Giles is so cute. He's got this little smile. He's so excited about invisible girls. He is, yeah. He loves being on the hell mouth. He does. He's been waiting for this one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Giles thinks that being invisible might be sort of a, a, a fun thing, but Angel disagrees. And, and then they've, they've bonded officially, and it's very, very cute. Mm-hmm. We see a flashback of a young gal in the restroom I'm looking at her own reflection. Oh, yes. At, right after... Um, Angel's discussing looking in, like being invisible, looking at his own reflection and yep. not seeing himself. And then Marcy sees herself right there. Yep. And I didn't catch this. This is the first time I caught this. I know we've watched this episode how many times in our oh, lives? God, so many times. Yep. So it's, it's a great little transition. Oh, yeah. Um, so Marcy tries to make friends with Cordelia and her crew, but they throw shade and Cordelia steals her joke about to pay cabbage. Marcy holds it together until the bitches leave, but then we can see how sad she is and sad and it's a very nice job by a very very young Clea Duvall yeah Um, it kind of mirrors Buffy's very much so sadness very very much so very very well two great actresses in this episode I mean everybody's doing a great job but these two I feel like they work together to try and get the same emotional beats internally Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Uh, unsurprisingly Cordelia is indeed May Queen (laughs) she gives a very Cordelia sort of speech (laughs) (laughs) I I need to go back and listen to this just for my own amusement but funny yeah <laughs> so willow presents buffy who is bummed about her unsuccessful mission the night before with a list of missing and dead students it's pretty thick pretty thick list oh, willow. <laughs> i know willow spots the conspicuously suited guys from earlier she wonders if cordelia hired a bodyguard honestly probably not a bad idea cordy make a note yeah, yeah. <laughs> just for the rest of high school yeah well and la and la yeah. yeah well she kind of has one too yeah she needs like an army in <laughs> la true. <laughs> she needs all the FBI. Uh, Buffy has noticed one of the students in the list, Marcy Ross. She disappeared six months ago, and Buffy remembers hearing the disembodied flute and how Marcy's trail led her to the band room. Investigating the band room, Buffy finds a footprint and a loose ceiling tile. And uh, Snara, do you notice yeah. the shoes are? Oh, uh, Marcy's wearing Doc Martens. Yes, the shoe. Yeah, the footwear of outcasts everywhere. Yes, definitely. <laughs> I had I had several pair. Oh yeah, I've had several pair too. <laughs> Now I wear big, <laughs> clunky, steel-toed boots yes. because I like to. And I wear Skechers because they have memory foam and I work on my feet. There you go. Yes. <laughs> so she, uh, Buffy slayers her way up into the ceiling and is quickly in Marcy's lair. Marcy is also in Marcy's lair, as we know from the breathing and camera work. <laughs> Buffy finds Marcy's yearbook and confirms her suspicions. She hasn't quite learned from Giles' earlier comment yet, so she doesn't notice Marcy's um, thinking about stabbing her. <laughs> and she leaves yeah, the yearbook. Those tingly senses aren't working, those spidey senses. No, you no. Know, this, they're just she got a, She's got to hone this layer sense yeah, at some point here. Well, she might actually have to listen. This is an yes. example of yep. how she's not listening. And the show is telling us she has not learned yet. Yeah. She has not lo- looked, listened, and learned yet. That's true. At all. Uh, Miss Miller, uh, who's, of course, the teacher from earlier, is in her classroom. Marcy tries to asphyxiate her with a plastic bag, but Cordelia discovers her unconscious and saves her. Marcy writes, listen, on the chalkboard. In the library, Buffy relates her findings. Marcy got the kiss of social death in her yearbook with the generic Have a Nice Summer. Um, <laughs> in, our, in my high school, at least when I went there, uh, it was the slightly more witty Have a Cool Summer. 
because summers are hot here, you see. Yes, yes. <laughs> was it then when, when you went to, to our high school? Uh, was I it have a cool summer? I, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I've blocked the whole yearbooking experience out of my mind. We'll just assume they were still using it. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I actually tended to get pretty good stuff, which is weird because, I again, I'm memorable. I was never in class, and everybody <laughs> wanted me to sign their yearbook. True story. The first time I ever needed to see a chiropractor was because of signing yearbooks my junior year. I was hunched over so many yearbooks signing them on the floor that I had to go to a chiropractor. <laughs> and wow. I went maybe 20% of the time. <laughs> That's like first world problems, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, I, I attended... Okay, I, I exaggerate. I'm... I'm being hyperbolic here, um, I attended school and got just good enough grades that I could still be in all of the plays. So I maintained just a high enough average so that I could be in band and be in all of the school plays. And you I threaded the needle, yeah. the GPA needle. Exactly. Yeah. And just like barely by skin of my teeth. Um, yeah, so, and, and I happened to play flute. <laughs> Shut up. My name's Michelle. I went to high school in the 90s and I played the flute. You draw your own conclusions about what I was teased about. (laughs) (laughs) It has a connection to Buffy. (laughs) It might be Allison Hannigan. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, apparently even Xander and Willow were guilty of not seeing Marcy. They had four classes with Marcy and Xander sort of scoffs at the idea that that any that uh, someone could turn invisible by not being noticed, and Giles confirms that that's exactly what happened. It's all hellmouth fueled quantum mechanics. <laughs> he goes all what the bleep here. Oh yeah, and this is so far ahead of like the current trend of quantum mechanics and everybody's <laughs> like law of attraction stuff going on. It's kind of cool they throw in all this random stuff in Buffy, and it, you know, eventually oh, it's a theory. Yeah, totally. Like yeah. I don't even think Course of Miracles was like happening yet, which is the first law of attraction oh. thing. If you're into the, never mind. That's fine. <laughs> no it's good I, I mean i'm just that attached is all yeah uh, uh, a course in miracles and um oh there's another one. well louise hay was doing some stuff i can't remember there was another one i think the seth books or something like that but yeah, yeah they, this was not mainstream this was not something you could just pull out and everybody's like oh yeah i know that oh. so kudos yeah like, yeah very nice i was very impressed yeah so we flash back to miss miller's class and find that she was also guilty of this, ignoring Marcy, calling on Cordelia, Willow, and even Xander instead of Marcy, until Marcy gives up and faces out of reality. On the blackboard, we have uh, the quote, no such thing as great thought, some great expression. I'm guessing that the missing word is without. And once a bum, always a bum, by John Steinbeck. <laughs> so, there you go. I want to go back and take a class from this teacher. I know. <laughs> it's interesting that Marcy doesn't disappear until she gives up on trying to be seen. Oh, that's a good yeah. point. It's as if the ignoring isn't quite what did it, but the acceptance of it did. Yeah, that's very true. Um, well, we see people being ignored. Uh, Jonathan. Oh, yeah. See, Jonathan is totally at risk for going invisible. But he never oh. gives into it. Yeah, no, yeah, he gives it to something else. Yeah, he, you know. Yeah, he does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So here's another interesting thing about this scene. This is what I talked about earlier. Here's the class discussion. Cordelia says, well, just because the story's about him doesn't necessarily mean he's a hero, right? Miss Miller says, exactly. So what do we call him, Willow? Willow says, well, the protagonist. Miss Miller says, Xander. Xander says, why can't he be both? I mean, he did do some things that were pretty heroic. Miss Miller says, absolutely. Who doesn't agree with that? So we have Buffy's heart, spirit, and shadow self discussing whether a protagonist can be considered a hero because of heroic deeds. 
I don't mm-hmm. think we're talking about Marcy is what I'm saying. This is about <laughs> Buffy, who is about to do some very, very heroic things and then follow them up with some things that are a little ethically muddy. Wow. So they're pretty much laying down what's going to happen. I mean, and they didn't know the show was going to get renewed at this point, but they're That's setting true. up not only the next episode where she is a superhero, but also pretty much the rest of the show. <laughs> well, and to put this kind of meta conversation mm-hmm. and when people are just going to be watching marcy yep. and not paying attention like that attention to details insane yep so the show itself is asking the question what makes a hero oh my god and is buffy if she does bad stuff is she still a hero wow right wow <laughs> it's a good show I do. <laughs> excuse me i'm gonna go try and piece back together my brain and talk amongst <laughs> yourselves uh, Buffy concludes, back in the library, of course, that Marcy is a victim of all the quantum mechanical hellmouth mess and clearly feels sympathetic, <laughs> even though Buffy wasn't there, because I don't think Buffy has been in Sunnydale for more than six months, has she? If she has, just barely. Oh, yeah, just barely. Because she wasn't around long enough to really influence Marcy or not influence Marcy. Because yeah, so, she would have seen Marcy. Right. She would have been like, oh well, no, we, you well, seem invisible. We know from way in the future that she does see the invisible kids. No, that's um, very true. And uh, but but she still includes herself in the group of people responsible for what happened to Marcy. And again, Buffy is very consistent with taking responsibility for things that are not her fault. (laughs) Not so much with things that are her fault, as we've mentioned. And we'll be getting into that very, very soon as well. (laughs) Well, and Cordelia has a little bit of this as well. Oh, yeah. Shadow, shadow, shadow. Yeah, (laughs) All kinds of layers. Absolutely. Buffy notices that Cordelia's picture has been defaced in Marcy's yearbook and mentions it just as a very, very freaked out Cordelia runs in the library. Cordelia tries her best. <laughs> Buffy, I know we've had our differences with you being so weird and all and hanging out with all these total losers. <laughs> and honestly, Cordelia just perfectly summed up their exact differences right there and I can't do any better substitute in the Slayer instead of so weird and you've got it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, this is the moment also when Cordy's arc begins slinging her right into Buffy's orbit and eroding the differences between them. Mm-hmm. So Cordy is smart, let's not forget, and she's figured out no matter how much she considers everything to be about her, this stuff really is all about her. Oh yeah, <laughs> she's coming around to a bit of a Shylock sort of mm-hmm. revolution Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, the Scoobies agree because it is all about her right now. Cordy has noticed that Buffy is smart, strong, and has a bunch of weapons. And she's hoping she was in a gang. <laughs> so yes, Cordelia is a bitch, and she's also intelligent and observant. <laughs> she's hoping Buffy can help her. Giles's Britishness kicks in, and he offers her a seat. <laughs> oh, oh, sit down. Yes. And then, uh, <laughs> then Cordy manages to insult them all again. <laughs> and all this Cordy stuff cracks me up. Oh. Buffy in charge again informs Cordelia that she's being stalked by an invisible girl. Cordelia is horrified by Marcy's Laura Ashley in the yearbook photo. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Cordelia doesn't remember Marcy either. In her lair, Marcy is ranting about her hatred of Cordelia and her slut friends. And she said it. I'm just quoting. (laughs) Yeah. We don't Um, slut shame here. No. We think it's it's great. Yeah. Like, Faith shows up. We're like, go get it, girl. Absolutely. Totally. You take power of all that shiz. Yeah, get after that. Yeah. Just go get everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Giles is wondering about Marcy's message to look and listen. Buffy knows about the rule of three and is thinking that that means they're not supposed to know what Marcy wants. (laughs) They're thinking she's planning something really big for Cordelia's May Queen coronation and they can't figure out why Cordy really, really still wants to go ahead with it. Cordelia has a good point. 
not going through with the coronation would be letting Marcy win, and Marcy is evil. Way eviler than Cordy herself, actually. <laughs> Buffy agrees and proposing use, proposes using Cordy as bait. <laughs> this is not the last time this is going to happen. Oh, no. Yeah. Cordy is like, her middle name is going to be Bait. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Oh, and as Faith points out later, jail, Bait. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. <laughs> All kinds of bait with Cordy. All bait. <laughs> Giles is going to keep working on an invisibility cure and Buffy leaves with Cordelia in discussing Marcy Cordelia reveals an undisclosed well of empathy and depth she really seems very sad about Marcy for a moment saying that it's awful to feel that lonely Buffy scoffs but Cordelia points out how she can be surrounded by people and be completely alone but that it beats being alone all by yourself. And I suspect that even viewers who don't care for Cordelia kind of love her during this scene. Oh, yeah. It's also a great lesson for Buffy from her shadow self. Buffy isn't part of her normal popular clique, and she feels left out of Willow and Xander's friendship sometimes. But it's better than being the one girl all in the world by herself, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. It's a, it's a great moment. It's a great scene. Yep. They're also on equal footing. I think when Absolutely. we actually get Buffy and Cordelia alone, um, we see some really lovely interactions like yeah. even though they understand each other on a level completely that nobody else can get them yep so and it, it's almost like um like i was saying earlier there's nobody there that that was present to witness all of buffy's different transitions but cordelia is the closest she can come yes absolutely they yeah. understand her on a understand each other on a very fundamental level mm-hmm. um in the library giles willow and xander hear flute music aha <laughs> They're thinking they can follow it and grab Marcy since there are three of them. And oh, you guys, this is a terrible plan. It's better than splitting up. It is better than, thank God they finally learned not to split up, right? Seriously. But, oh, and they're all dressed so similarly. Especially, I didn't notice it in the library because I think the lighting was a little bit different. Mm-hmm. But once they exit into the corridor, they all of a sudden are all wearing the same outfit. It's interesting. It's great. <laughs> it's like the the filter or the lighting or the shadow or whatever they did it's just like all of a sudden it's all beep, same outfit so so buffy's mind heart and spirit are coming together in cohesive and wonderful group but they really need the slayer for this kind of thing so like guys go get the slayer yeah. this is not a good idea i promise <laughs> cordelia tells buffy that she's not excited about getting into her, her may queen duds in a mop closet buffy assures her that the secret dies with her <laughs> So in the next episode, I guess, um, yeah. So I'm thinking, I mean, the emphasis on that line tells me it was foreshadowing. Yeah, again, when something stands out, we're supposed to pay attention. And it did. Yeah. Um, So Buffy steps out in the hall to give Cordy some privacy. The Scoobies are in search of the flute. They end up in a boiler room with a tape recorder. Ah, shit. (laughs) Can you say... Yeah, yeah, no shit. (laughs) It's such a Scooby line. We're we're starting to embrace the idea that this is like Scooby Doo. This is a Zoinks for sure. Marcy locks them in and turns on the gas, which double shit. (laughs) (laughs) Buffy is talking to Cordelia through the door, and Cordy wonders what kind of alternate universe would allow Buffy to be popular. Cordelia doesn't know this yet, of course, but LA features quite a few alternate universes, and she herself will get the chance to enjoy them. Buffy confides that she also felt like something was missing from her life when she was popular. Buffy is less than thrilled with Cordelia's commentary and requests that she go into silent mode. This isn't one of those scenes, so <laughs> She just vibrates. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A lot. 
<laughs> this isn't one of those scenes where the talker goes on and on before realizing that something is wrong inside the room, though, because Cordy's silence and some thumping noises immediately alert Buffy to trouble, and she punches her way through the door to find Cordelia being pulled through the ceiling. I love that they didn't drag that out. I oh, love yeah. that. Well, the Slayer wouldn't. Because oh, no, she just, knows I mean, Cordelia better. She'd say, Cordelia, can you please be quiet? And Cordelia would say, hello, it's all right. about me. But she actually goes quiet, and Buffy's like, hey, wait, you're quiet. What's yeah. going on? Shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so we never forget that Buffy is the slayer, and she's yes. not stupid, and she knows her business. So that's awesome. Xander finds the gas shutoff valve no longer attached to the gas shutoff. <laughs> Triple shit. <laughs> Triple shit. Also, we're starting to see the red theme come back. Yeah, it's, it's starting right to glow here. around them a yeah, little bit. Like, there's, ooh. A, there's like little danger signs. There's all these re- little red lights. So we're starting to see that red theme that we were talking about yeah. last time, ad nauseum, <laughs> um, come back to life. Absolutely. Which yeah, is so interesting. We're starting to think a few things about it now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. We are indeed. Uh, Xander is just about to try prying the door open when Giles warns that a spark will explode the entire building. <laughs> interesting that he'd bring that up, blowing up the school. Yeah. Hmm. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> Buffy is searching for Cordelia and finds her in Marcy's lair. Uh, Marcy knocks Buffy through the ceiling and injects her in the neck with a sedative. Ah, this always gets me. And Snard, you saw something on the wall of Marcy's lair. Oh my god, look at the back of Marcy's (laughs) lair. There is this, like... It's it's a queen with like stabbies, knife sticking yeah, like the a chest. knife sticking out of it, and red. And it's never saw it until the remaster. I didn't Somebody had like a, way too much time and some chalk or whatever. Yeah. But it's great. Yeah, it's Pick- Cordy getting stabbed by Marcy. It's yeah, pretty like, much what Marcy's it is. Marcy's been working on this thing for a while. Oh yes, she has. That's a big portrait. She's a girl with a plan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's off to the left side of the screen. If you're looking for it, left side of the screen, mm-hmm. just. Just look, you'll see. And it's see. like screaming, eh! Yeah. yeah. If, if you can see it, this is something I'm interested in. If you're watching along on the DVDs um, and you can see it, would you let us know? Yeah, seriously. I feel like this wasn't here until the remaster, like it wasn't clean enough. But if you can see it on the DVDs, um, I have no way to watch DVDs or else I'd look for myself. Yeah. But yeah, okay. let, let us know how obvious it was on there. Yes, because please. It's, it's really interesting to see, I mean, how much work they put into this background stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Buffy and Cordelia wake at the bronze. They're tied to chairs, and Cordelia can't feel her face. And again with the red. Yes, a lot of red. The red is all over bone. There's red streamers. Okay, I have a a list of red things. Um, So we have uh, red streamers, balloons. The lighting from the ceiling is red. So even on the, like, white or gold streamers, Mm -hmm. it's showing up red. It's almost as bad as the master pad. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the carpet is red, and the curtains are red. It's very red. Yeah. Red everywhere. So it's just everywhere. We're mm-hmm. seeing red. And <laughs> Buffy and Cordelia are in danger. And then once Cordelia gets cut, it's the same color red. Yeah, it is a blood red. Blood red. Yep. This is a very specific shade. It is. <laughs> and uh, Marcy has written learn for them to mull over. Yes. In gold um, glitter. Yes. In pretty gold glitter. It probably took her a while to. <laughs> I know, because that's a, that's a lot of Elmer's. That is a ton of Elmer's. It's like that's three like, things of Elmer's yeah, glue. There's some like arts and crafts teacher going, what the happened to my glue <laughs> so much glue here <laughs> <laughs> so uh no luck turning off the sca- the gas for the scoobies giles is pretty sure marcy has gone fully bonkers and xander agrees you know. <laughs> <laughs> marcy is giving a bond villain speech to buffy and cordelia <laughs> buffy wisely recognizes marcy's need to villain explain everything and asks <laughs> and asks what they're supposed to be learning <laughs> marcy says she's going to give cordelia the to the pain treatment oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally what it is Still no luck escaping the gas. 
Buffy tries to talk Marcy out of her plan, but Marcy punches her hard enough to get the Slayer's attention, so Marcy packs a wallop for sure. Oh, yeah. Marcy thought that Buffy... Oh, yeah. (laughs) Marcy thought that Buffy would be more appreciative of her endgame. Marcy is very excited about cutting Cordelia's face to pieces, and Buffy is trying her damnedest to get Marcy's tray of sharp objects. The Scoobies are unconscious, so that's not looking so good for them. Marcy is offering Cordelia a lovely Glasgow smile, and as much as I'd love to see Charisma Carpenter's take on, you want to see how I got these scars? <laughs> this scene is actually pretty tense and well done. It is, And Marcy yeah. does slice into Cordelia's cheek and everything. Yeah. Uh, Buffy is out of her ropes now, though. Yay, Buffy! Marcy still has the invisible advantage, though, and smacks Buffy as she's trying to help, help Cordelia get untied. Giles gets a few more whacks against Thor before passing out, and Angel busts in. Yay, nice Angel. timing, Angel. Good Angel job. always has good timing. He has, and he's finally getting involved. <laughs> he is. Yeah, he's been hesitant and holding back and, you know, lurking, brooding. Burning. Um, <laughs> really honing his brooding skills. <laughs> um, but no, he's, he's finally taking action in the Scoobies, and that's awesome yep. to see. It's nice to see him integrating himself into the group. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so scoops him up, saves him. He's uh, he seems to be oh, wearing he, his. Uh, he seems so be... sweet with with them too. Oh, and like, especially with Willow, out. he like touches her cheek yeah. and it, it makes sure she has a pulse, and he scoops her up. Yeah, it's, it's very just, cute. It's so sweet. Yeah, and he's he seems to be wearing his clatter ring. Yeah, I think he is. I, I couldn't tell which way the heart was pointing, but that's very interesting. Uh, if anybody could spot that, please let us know. Yes, the um, the heart should be pointing out. If you're not connected, I believe. Yes. yes. So it's a, if you can figure it out, it all tells about how he really feels about Buffy at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> they get outside the room and Giles is like, oh, here's your codex, by the way. <laughs> Which cracks me up. And Giles is very excited about the codex, despite being mostly dead a few minutes ago. <laughs> He's not all dead. <laughs> He's just mostly dead. <laughs> to play. <laughs> Figured I'd throw in some more Princess Bride stuff. <laughs> the, to the pain got me all excited. You know? Know. Well, to, to Buffy, she could say, you know, I'll get the Brute Squad. You are the Brute Squad. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Angel volunteers to turn off the gas and she, uh, he doesn't need to breathe. And this Scoobies leave without telling him thank you. Anyway, <laughs> Buffy tells Marcy that she really did feel sorry for her up until the thundering and looniness made that impossible. So pretty much Buffy, Buffy and Marcy could have been the same person, but Buffy is not crazy. So, yeah. <laughs> fair point. <laughs> <laughs> and she manages to not go crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, she does crazy things, but she manages right. to not go crazy. She's pretty to. sane. Yeah. Even though that one episode implies... Whatever. We'll, we'll get there. Yeah. Well, we... <laughs> we'll get there. She is sane Ooh. within her own universe yes. and its own we rules. We will be talking for about three hours about that one I episode. I can't even imagine. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> so, Hang on uh... to your hats, folks. <laughs> so, Marcy punches her several more times. Marcy also makes the villain mistake of asking the hero exactly the question she needs right now. (laughs) How are you going to fight someone you can't see? Now, how much do we love this show for not giving us a flashback of Giles telling Buffy she needs to live on her listening? We so much love that. It it worked in Star Wars. It's Mm -hmm. never going to work again. Right. (laughs) Well, in Kung Fu movies. I mean, I love it in Kung Fu movies when the hero can't figure out how to get out of a situation until he or she remembers the pertinent training scene. But I love it even more that this show is subtle right here. Especially in Kill. Bill. Oh yeah. Have, well, yeah, that's that's and Bill. that's yeah. That's a it's an essential part of a kung fu movie. You have Definitely, to have that part. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, here we could have very easily just done the little echoey voiceover. Mm-hmm. But you we know, refrained, which we love. Oh. That. Yes. <laughs> Buffy immediately knows what to do. Tells Cordy to zip it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> and she listens in a beautiful shot, especially in the remaster. Oh, Buffy listens. Gorgeous. She's blue against the red, uh-huh. and, and her, skin, you see the hair, hair. blowing. Oh. Beautiful. Yep, she listens 
and she learns and she punches the crap out of Marcy. <laughs> Who is then covered. Yep. yep. In, in red. A red <laughs> like a red curtain. Yep. And Muffy, Buffy says that she sees her and that would be the look part, bringing all those elements together and punches mm-hmm. her again. <laughs> the door opens and these uh, conspicuously suited guys from earlier <laughs> rush in. They, an- <laughs> they announce that they're FBI and they take Marcy away. Buffy wonders if they're going to cure her and the agents are like, yeah, sure. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. She totally. Rehabilitators. Everything will be great. Contribute to society. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. She'll be great. Buffy figures out they've done this before, which of course they're not at liberty to, to discuss. They say Buffy should just forget the whole thing and Buffy tells them they're very creepy. Yeah. They actually stop to tell Buffy to have a nice day though, which cracks me up. If they had hats, they'd doff them, yeah, right? They're, they're so polite about it. It's not threatening anything. Like, no, have a nice day, miss. Thank you very much. So, I do do they know she's the slayer? If they know that Marcy's invisible girl, they know there's a slayer. Yeah. And they know that Buffy, yes. So I, that means there are government agencies that know about the slayer. But I even, would bet otherwise, that. Otherwise, yeah. they would flashy thingy her. Well, they, they would okay, definitely. I'm sticking with the men in black. You're stick- <laughs> well, they are the FBI. You're sticking but... with Princess Bride. I'm sticking with <laughs> yeah. MIB. Well, well, I think they sure are nonchalant about how a very small teenage girl just punched the shit out of an invisible girl. Yeah. They know. Yeah. They know. They totally know. <laughs> yeah. There's just, I, I feel like there's a lot of aspects of government that just know about the Slayer mm-hmm. all over the world. Yep. You know, this yep. is <laughs> coming soon. Not really. Um, no, eventually my, my novel kind of hinges on this sort of theory. It's not actually Buffy, but. I would think that, I'll probably I would think it. they know. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think they do. Especially if they know about vampires. You've got to know about vampires. Yes. If you have law enforcement investigating really creepy things all the time, you've got to know about vampires. Well, and we do get hints of that in uh, when we get into Angel of the Series in L.A. That That's the true. government does know about this kind of magic. Oh, yeah. Thing. They just straight up do and they, yep. they don't acknowledge Well, and of course, it. in Sunnydale, we know that the mayor knows. So, yeah. Yeah, we true. can, we well, can guess that. he's one of them. Yeah. <laughs> but we can guess that if local government knows, the FBI definitely knows. Yeah. And... You know the machine from Person of Interest knows. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. <laughs> All the references. Oh, crossover. That would be so awesome. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> the next day, Buffy is discussing the previous evening's events. Giles covers for Angel and says that a janitor found them. Oh, Giles. So cute. <laughs> Cordelia is all smiles and gives him a very sincere apology. Unfortunately, Mitch is still an asshole and Cordelia snaps back into the snob mode to save face. The Scoobies aren't happy. But that's some massive, massive progress for Cordy. Besides, none of them thanked Angel. Yes. Also, <sighs> costuming here. Everyone's wearing the red. Yeah. And Cordelia, Ex- too. Except for Buffy. Except for Buffy. Buffy's, Buffy's in the Slayer wearing, black. Yeah. 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 So Buffy's in her, in her black, so her power yeah. color. And then all the Scoobies and Cordelia are wearing this mm-hmm. very specific color of red. Yep. So. And I got to say, I just have to reiterate. Uh-huh. They have no call to get snippy with Cordy about her... Her not her about her not uh, embracing them in front of in front of Mitch because mm-hmm. they did not thank Angel for saving their lives. <laughs> they didn't even like nothing. That's true. Not hey, thanks, like Angel. Nothing like that. Nothing. Yeah. Zero. Zip. She stops and gives them a really sincere apology in front of people. Yeah. And they're like, oh, whatever, Cordy. No, <laughs> you didn't thank Angel. Well, this is about reflections. This whole show yes, is about reflections. Absolutely. Like what you see in the mirror. And so, well, they and are, how uh, Giles said reality, yeah, you know, thought is reality. Or, and, totally. Yeah. So, what they perceive her to be, what she has been up until now, is what they're going to continue to reflect back to her. Yes, they will. Yeah. For a long time. Ad nauseum. <laughs> but she did thank him. Yeah. And they didn't thank Angel. Yes. That's, that's rude. True. That's rude as shit. Anyway. <laughs> well, he wasn't wearing red. He's not part of the school. <laughs> that's true. He's very, <laughs> but he looks so good in black. Yeah, he does. And white. Black and yes. white. 
He just looks good. Yeah, I was going to say, Boreanaz looks good in everything. You could dress him up in, like, the meat dress, and he'd look great. (laughs) He would. He'd look tasty. (laughs) Grill him up. (laughs) Anybody else just go to a weird mental place? (laughs) (laughs) You were supposed to. (laughs) With him, you could just put him in the sun. (laughs) Get a nice sear on that little meat dress. (laughs) I can't do the flame noise, but I still have... There you go. Thank you. You're the sound effects guy. That's true. (laughs) Inside a secret government facility, Marcy is enrolled in Invisible Assassin's School. And that's fucking cool as shit. I love it. Yes, I love it too. And it's so sterile, especially after this rich red and skin tone Uh um, scene we just had. It is so government. (laughs) Government clear. So, like, so much clarity, all the walls mm-hmm. are clear, there's so much space, because there's no one there, except for <laughs> invisible people. <laughs> and I know moral, blah, 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 she's going to kill people. But Marcy has gone from being so ignored that it made her invisible to being a vitally important part of protecting our country. And this might actually be one of the few truly happy endings in the show. Well, that's very true. <laughs> oh, by the way, um, as Snard noticed, uh, the it's... <laughs> Buffy's theory that this has been done before is confirmed because the books are worn. Those are worn out. Like, I I had 20-year-old textbooks in junior high that look better than these yeah. things. There have been a lot of invisible assassins going oh, through yeah. there. And, and uh, you noticed something. Oh, yes. By the way, the chapter, Marcy is reading the lyrics to the Beatles song, Happiness is a Warm Gun. It's a total happy ending for Marcy. You go, Marcy. You go with your bad self. That is awesome. That's <laughs> pretty good. Okay. So the red thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were thinking last time that it was some kind of vulnerability or weakness or symbol thereof, I think. And we, I think we still think it is when it's on Buffy. Yeah. When it's on Buffy, it makes her weak. Right. There's something about it that makes her weak. Um, and I think it's because it's actually about awareness. It's about, especially, um, in the last two episodes, this has been really about seeing, So, like, last episode, it was about seeing yourself internally, seeing your fears, seeing what makes you you. And then in this, it's more about external seeing, like, seeing what makes you from somebody else's point of view. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, even the Scoobies, when they're in danger, you know, like, are you ever more yourself than when your life is at risk? Like when you're peeing yourself? Yeah. Uh, No. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. I would say that when you are peeing yourself, you are the most real you're ever going to get. Yeah, but when the chips are truly down, that's Mm -hmm. when we see who people are. Um, I hate to pull up Nezka uh, from Firefly. Not that's not Sean Yu. That's what I'm thinking of. Oh, I hate to pull up Sean Yu, uh, which is used in Firefly right, Nezka. Right. Yeah, um, here, but you know, you see who somebody really is when they're about to die. Um, so there's something about being in mortal danger that gives people kind of a true flavor. And we will definitely revisit that on Buffy and on Angel. Yes. <laughs> Flavor was pun intended because vampires. Because yes, tasty vampires. Tasty vampires. Um, <laughs> in meat dresses. I just had to do a show, see what I did there. Um, but no, so I think this is about awareness and being seen. Um, there is always a connection to danger somehow. Again, I'm still kind of muddy on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but since Cordelia is wearing red at the end scene, everyone's safe in the end scene. Um, but Cordelia comes in wearing the same color red as everybody else. It's almost like she knows now she's in the inner sanctum. Right. Everybody's aware. Um, and it's bringing everyone together into a tighter unit to prepare us for what comes next. Yes. When we will see the unit really come together. Yes. Yes. Hmm. 
So yeah, that'll be really interesting. I'm going to watch for Red in the next episode. Definitely. A lot. Yeah, and the fact that Listen, the very first clue, is also in this Red. Um, well, and, and there is a... Um, well, as far as look, listen, and learn, there's a very, very important moment uh, in the next episode when um, Buffy says, I know who you are. Oh, yeah, that's true. So, so yeah, I think there's I think there's something to it. You know, and also Red is just very visually stimulating, mm-hmm. as we know from the heartbreaking Schindler's List and the Red Coat. Oh, yeah. Yep. It's just visually striking. And, and we do have this association with um, Red means stop, Red means danger. Mm-hmm. Passion. Yeah. Um, which you'll have to watch for that in Passion as well. Oh, dear, yeah. That'll be interesting. Hmm. Um, so we're still piecing this red theory together, if anybody knows or has any other theories. Um, we're definitely open, but I'm oh, really yeah. intrigued. Because yes. this is not accidental. No, there is there is no accident at all when you have a la- the last scene where you've got all the Scoobies, except for Buffy, of course, who was wearing right. Slayer black, as she tends to do in the last scene a lot of times. Oh, yeah. And then you've got Cordelia, who walks up wearing the same shade of red as everybody mm-hmm. else in the group. She is part of the group, and we just need to figure out what that oh, means. Yeah. <laughs> well, when the fake blood on Cordelia's cheek mm-hmm. matches the red of the streamer behind her, matches yep. the red of the curtain that falls on Marcy. Yes. Um, it's just, it's too much to not be a visual yep. language. It has, to, it has to be intentional. And, yeah, absolutely. Yep. So we're going to keep track of that. Yeah carefully because we're obsessed now what does that mean i'll I'll be trying to fall asleep i'm like what does that red mean for god's sake i think it means this what what about that why doesn't buffy ever work god damn it yeah (laughs) (laughs) and this this is why we make this podcast for you it's It's, it's for us it's a big kidding big shock i'm single too isn't it (laughs) come now you'll have some fancy new glasses soon We shall see. <laughs> you shall, shall see. They shall be lovely glasses. Yes. We are now doing our impression of Eddie Izzard yes. impersonating James Mason. <laughs> <laughs> Those glasses oh. are lovely. <laughs> I think this is our most meta episode we've had. It's yet. out there. I wonder how yeah. much you can edit. <laughs> I have no idea. We'll find out. You're going to slay this we're, editing. We're at an hour and 27 You're going to be editing Slayer. <laughs> yes. I am Slayer of the... Slayer of the podcast. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yep. Alrighty. And uh, anything else? No, I think that's it for now. I mean, yeah. Everything else we have can come up next time. We're going dig in. Yeah, so next time, Prophecy Girl. Prophecy Girl and. Oh yes, we're going to release uh, two episodes in the same week. Of we are. Prophecy Girl and When She Was Bad. And because this is, this is coming up, normally this would be on December twenty seventh. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there's this little holiday. Some people celebrate in the middle there. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to give you a little Christmas present. Yep. Solstice present. Yule present. <laughs> yep. Um, uh, or, I'm not sure. Or sorry, you're Jewish. Happy Hanukkah. A little late or early, something like that. This I year can't present. Where, where is Hanukkah in relation to? I have an iPhone. Let me look. <laughs> maybe this one was a Hanukkah uh, present. Maybe the next one will be. Let, let's let's, let's just call it. A, we... We'll just say what, you'll get two episodes for a holiday present, <laughs> and we're gonna piss off everybody who's like, "No, bring back Christmas. It's a holiday so, present." Oh, oh no, it's perfect. Okay, mm. Hanukkah's on December twenty fourth. Oh, perfect. So for you Jews out there, how about I'm gonna give <laughs> put one out there on December twenty fourth, and then the next one on December twenty fifth. That's super awesome. So yes. we, we will have the the uh, the Christmas Hanukkah. Holiday Kwanzaa Solstice yeah. Super Duper two episode present. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's there to listen to for all of you who don't celebrate the holiday yeah. like I don't. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, yeah, we don't really celebrate. Yeah, me and mom um, are going to be chilling out and I'll be playing video games while she's, I don't know, doing what she does. Sweet. I'll I'll be probably doing something like that here. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be reading a book. I don't know. Okay. Doing Lego. To be, to be completely honest, we will probably be recording the podcast on Christmas. Oh, we should. We should. Yeah. We totally Let's should. do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we'll be recording. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Um, so anyway, that will be coming at you next week a little bit early, and then we will resume our normally scheduled programming after that. With uh, jumping right into uh, season two after, uh, yeah, after that, we will. Very I exciting. can't believe we're almost up to season two. This I know it's very exciting, crazy, tale. very very exciting. So uh, this is after all the Diogenes Club podcast, where all members are exceptional. Peace out, bitches, and see. Happy holiday. <laughs>